everybody, welcome to Coffee Time with Byron. I am your host, Byron. I think this is episode number 106. <laughs> Alongside me is former NFL star Ryan Davis. But first, before we get into it, I got to give a shout out to my sponsors at Podcast One and BetOnline.net. If you got betting, if you want to bet on the upcoming NFL games for Thursday, we got NHL going on, uh, UFC's around the corner, we've got World Cup going on right now, so use the promotion code bet on, uh, bet online, oh no, podcast, sorry, podcast one, and put your bets in. You might win. Who knows? Good luck out there. I am not the better. I know I would not win, so I don't put my money on it. I don't know about Mr. Davis over here if he bets, but I know I don't put my money on it because I won't win. <laughs> That's how I am. But anywho, go to Bet Online for all your bet betting odds and needs, and and uh, good luck out there, people. But let's begin. How are you tonight? Welcome to the show, Mr. Davis. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I can't complain. How about yourself? Same. I can't complain myself either. I see you got a little one right there. As we yeah, talked man. earlier, I've got two yeah. I've got two of my own as well. You said awesome. you've got three. Yeah. yeah. And as we talked about earlier, yes, they may be frustrating for uh um, us parents, but we yeah. still love we still love them. That's the joy of parenting. That's the joy, man. That's the joy. You, it's you the joy it. of parenting. Yeah, it is. So let's hop right to it. You, you, you were born in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Now you, like you told me before we went on the air, you now live in Jacksonville. What yeah. made you decide to want to move to Jacksonville? compared to living down here in Tampa? Did, did you just want a different kind of scenery? Or did you like Jacksonville uh, better? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, know, I, you know, I'm from Tampa. So uh, when I got to Jacksonville back in 2012, you know, playing for the Jags, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of been, it just kind of just became home. I mean, all my kids were born here. Uh, you know, I've grown to love the city, the community here. So... Uh, you know, as a man now, you know, I kind of, you know, uh, want to go my own way. And um, Jacksonville has always been the comeback, you know, the place I came back to in the off seasons uh, to work out and do all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really, yeah, I mean, it was a no brainer for me to kind of just, you know, settle down right here and, and kind of build my own life and, you know, the way I wanted to um, here. You know, I know I can still go home. Um, you know, the opportunity presents itself, the right opportunity presents itself, I'll probably come home. Um, other than that, you know, I'm trying to work on uh, really just, you know, a second career here in Jacksonville and, and see where it takes me, whether whether it is here or, you know, in another city. But um, so far, you know, we, we love it here in Jacksonville. So let's start off with your early years. You went to, since you were born here and raised in Tampa, you went, I go by this school every time I go down 275 to go to Emily Arena for concerts and sporting events. You, yeah. you went to Howard Blake High School yep. and were two-way player, tight end, and defensive end. Yep. Tell us about that and what, why did you ultimately decide to go to defensive end? So I actually, I, it was more so in high school. I was more so. It's a position called athlete. 
though. They they line you know athlete. You do it. You do it all. I played tight end, the end, mm-hmm. linebacker. I lined up at safety a couple plays. I played quarterback a few plays. Mm-hmm. So I basically was like the do it all guy mm-hmm. on the team. So, um, but really, you know, I was recruited to college after that to play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was two hundred pounds coming out, six three, two hundred pounds. So I wasn't as big as I was when I got to the NFL and all that, you know. Right. Um, but I was recruited there to play receiver, and then ultimately, um, coach uh, moved me around, and and he knew I played defensive end, so he moved me to outside linebacker, and I was able to, you know, just lift and continue to put on weight, mm-hmm. good weight, uh, get stronger, and um, you know, in, in NFL became a possibility for me later on. But yeah, I, you know, I was just a natural athlete, and and it kind of just. I always felt like whatever position I stuck with, I'd be good at. You mm. know what I'm saying? So, uh, for me, uh, defensive end, uh, that that was. Uh, I'm glad I chose to stay right there in that path. Did you find it difficult to play all those positions, or? No, nah, not really, because I, you know, I always felt like you know I was athletic enough to to do it all, and you know I played a lot growing up. I think that helped. In uh, you know, being able to do so much because when I was younger, I was in so much stuff. I played football, basketball, soccer, baseball. I mean, I did all did a lot of sports, and then you know, mm-hmm. we played different positions out there. So mm-hmm. you really just go out there and you just playing. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it felt like when I got to the high school level. Like whatever coach told me to go, I'm gonna play it, and I knew I could play it well. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but once you know, it got down to the nitty gritty, and I needed to hone in on uh you know some skills that will help me further my career then that's what i did and um ultimately you know defensive end was the best fit now tell us about this how how memorable is this for you that you received these honors there at the high at um at the hillsborough county all-star honors as a senior you received all conference tell us about those rewards what how memorable are those to you uh, very memorable because um, technically I only played one full year of high school football. Mm-hmm. Uh, my junior year, I played the last four or five games because, you know, coach used to always see me in the hole because I, I wanted to play. I wanted to hoop. Mm-hmm. Basketball was my thing, but I wasn't getting recruited like how I wanted to. So right. coach would always see me in the hallway. Hey, man, I need to get you out there, man. And I, I used to always play it to the side. But, you know, I took him up on the offer one day. And went out there, and you know, I, and he saw something in me, and and it wasn't like I wasn't new to football. Um, I played a little league and all that, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to focus on basketball at the time. But you know, there was other plans, and I'm glad I kind of you know went out on a limb and played football. So to see all the honors and all that kind of stuff come later on, um, I, I mean, that was wonderful to see and wonderful to receive um, because I knew I was. Um, you know, uh, blessed with some talent, um, blessed with some skills. I had the right mindset to to to, to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a good teammate, good friend. So uh, all of that coming and in, in, in being blessed with all those awards and all conference honors, that was just you know um, the icing on the cake. Now you were obviously, like you said, you played every sport, pretty much every sport. You competed yeah. at basketball in the high school level as a senior yeah. as this is saying and we're a second team all all county western conference player of the year for and also hillsborough county slam dunk champion now yeah. do you think if you wouldn't have chose football do you think you would have ultimately chose basketball as a career 
Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, that was my mindset in, 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 in high school. Basketball was my, that was my sport. You know, I, that's what I wanted to do. And a lot of people will tell you that, I, you know, when I we played pickup games at Cookman, Mm-hmm. That I, you know, I was for real with, it. and I, and I know a lot of football guys. Like, oh man, I was good in basketball, but you know, I, it's a lot of people that can, you know, kind of vouch for me. But I was, you know, basketball was my sport. That's what I wanted to go do. Um, you know, I, I was recruited to Cookman under the impression that I would be playing basketball there as well. Mm-hmm. So that kind of what led me to Bethune Cookman along with playing football because um, I was going to be a two-sport athlete. So that was right up my alley. I was like, all right, let's do it. But, you know, uh, that it ended up not being the case. And, uh, and you know, for me, I was getting ready to transfer and leave, but I stuck it out. And, you know, I, I just – the, the part I'm most upset about is, you know, the what-ifs. Like, what could have what could have been? You know, I could have stayed home, went the JUCO route, and went to a D1 program after that, or right. go to University of Tampa. You know, they were very interested, and they were down the street. Right. And, um, you know, I used to visit with them all the time. Um, so I, that's, for me, I didn't, you know, I wasn't ready for my last time playing organized football, basketball, to be in the 12th grade. You know what I'm saying? I was I was ready to go to the next level and see where I could go with it, because I felt like I had a lot of untapped potential, but if you ask a lot of people from my, my class in uh, 2007 at Blake High School and uh, some people that cook, but they'll tell you the same thing. Basketball yeah. is my sport. It says you were a small forward, and you said you were 200 pounds. Doesn't that seem kind right. of – doesn't that seem kind of big to be a small – well, no, too small, actually, because – That's too small. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because isn't LeBron James, isn't that what he is? He's, yeah, exactly. So on the pro – well, on the college and pro level, I probably would have been – a small two guard because I wasn't a point guard, but I was a scorer. You right. know what I'm saying? If I right. would have been six three. I would have been more of um, who was my favorite player? Dwayne Wade was my favorite player. There you go. Uh, I probably would have been more of because I was I could jump. I mean, obviously I won the dunk contest and everything. I could jump. Right, right, uh, right. Get to, yeah. get to the lane. I could score. I could hit the mid range. Um, but for the most part, I probably would have been a guard trying to mold. In that, you know, I would have been trying to mold, follow my game after D Wade or, or D Rose or some, you know, guys like that. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have been a small four, for sure. But you know, in high school, you got to play what you got to play. Right. Especially when the tallest guy on your team is what six foot six. Right. So yeah, so I had to, you know, do what I got to do. But at the end of the day, you know, like I said, there's a lot of untapped potential there. I would have liked to continue that. Um, route but you know god had other plans it was other plans exactly so, exactly and yeah. hey you had a good career otherwise so yeah yeah who knows, yeah, what, sure. who knows what nba would have, or you know how but hey you still had a good yeah. career in the nfl you got yeah, to where exactly. you wanted to be that's the main thing exactly yep <laughs> so as you as you left high school as you were saying you accepted a scholarship as you said from bethune cookman yep. um a freshman you appeared seven games as a backup Tallying nine tackles, one fumble recovery for a touchdown. Tell us about that year as a freshman um, and being a backup. Did you, 
I, were you at least trying to compete for starting, or did you know right away you were going to be a backup starting as a freshman? So it's interesting. So 2007, when I got on campus, I redshirted. I redshirted my 2007 year, like my my true freshman year. I redshirted, so I didn't suit up. Mm-hmm. So 2008, which is what you're reading right now, or what you have now. Um, yeah, I, that year, I, that's the year I was going to transfer and get out of there because, mm-hmm. like I said, I was an athlete, you know, um, so I wasn't playing receiver no more. Right. Uh, at that point, they wanted to, you know, kind of move me around, and they wanted to move me to O-line. Right. So here, here am I with the mindset because, you know, at that time, that team, we ran like the wing T, the triple option, which our biggest O-line was 260 pounds. But they could all run and get out on the edge and cut people. That was their goal. So for me, you know, going from, you know, high school basketball to, to playing receiver to not playing basketball to now you're moving me to O-line, mm-hmm. I was getting ready to get out of there. I was getting ready to transfer. And I wasn't, you know, I, I felt like, why, why am I here? I'm wasting my, I'm wasting myself doing this. I don't want to do this. I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I think Coach seen that. He sensed it. And he moved me to outside linebacker, which, you know, I was like, okay, I get, you know, <laughs> I can do this. I can stick it out. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, I was fortunate enough to make a few plays towards the end of the year. And um, by the next year, I think I was starting, I believe. Yep. It says, so, yeah. yep. Sophomore, you started at defensive end. Yep. And you posted 50, 55 tackles. You were fourth on the team. You had yep. three and a half sacks. Yep. Led the team, nine tackles for a loss and two forced fumbles. Yep, that was that's yeah. a good year. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a good a year. year. Tell yeah, us, tell sure. us about that year. That year, uh, what was that? Two thousand nine, right? Two thousand nine. Yep. That year, we didn't do so well as a team, um, and I think that might have been Alvin Wyatt's last year coaching us. Um, yeah, cause we like, yeah, I think we were like five or six that year, but it was a, that was a good year or solid year for me, uh, to learn how to be a starter, learn how to, you know, prepare myself for teams at that level. And, um, really just a learning process for me. I felt in 2009, you know, I'm kind of filling out the position, um, but you know, getting stronger, bigger, faster. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really what that year was for me personally. And, um, I think. My better years were my last two years, with with my last year being the most dominant. Now let's see if you remember this, if I'm seeing it correctly. And this, do you remember this game saving tackle that you had at the goal line on fourth Savannah down? Savannah State. Savannah State. How yep. could I? How could I forget? Yep. Take us through that. Take us through that play and that experience. What were you thinking when that happened? So oh, that whole day we were at Savannah State. I think they were. Something with Shannon Sharp, and I seen Shannon Sharp in person. I was like, he's not that tall, but he's like, he's he's, he's big though. Like, yeah, he's wrong, an he, alum there. Yeah, he's, he he's goes, like he had on his suit. There. You can see his chest poking yeah. out from his suit. But yeah. I'm like, you know, that was kind of like my first glance at like greatness. And I'm like, okay, you know, he's he's right there. I can see him walking the track and greeting people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that, so that's kind of what's going through my head. Uh, first, you know, first time there, but on that exact play. Um, yeah, we're on the goal line. I remember this. Um, I was in the three-point steps on the right side of the line. And uh, they ran a play. I don't know what kind of play they ran, but the tackle or the tackle or tight end, whoever he was, tried to be down block me. I made contact with him. 
uh, stayed low, got my hands on him, shoved him out of the way. And the running back came. I mean, the hole was wide open. The running back came down there. And I just really had to be stout. You know what I'm saying? I had to be stout, play with low pad leverage. And he came in there, and I just stalemated him and ran my feet and drove him back. And that was it. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, that was one of the – I think that was a start of me um, kind of realizing that, um, you know, I can make some plays. And, and, and I think the coaching staff kind of noticed that, too. Um, yeah, I think the coach staff kind of noticed that as well. Yeah. yeah, I always wanted to see. Now you mentioned that I always wanted to see Shannon Sharp in person. I bo- I truly believe yeah. he's bit. He's he he's he, he more big than what you think that he is on right. TV. Right, like, he's huge. He works out. Yeah, still. yeah. I didn't know he was that in shape. You know what I'm saying? And to be his age and to be and to look that good, that's awesome, man. Because I, I watch him on Skip and Shannon. and Yeah, he's my favorite guy on TV right yeah. now. Shannon Sharp. TV, TV don't do justice how big he actually is. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, and plus, player. you you were there at Savannah State, which was his, which he talks about all the time. He went exactly. there. He played there. He Hell, he said he if he could, he would give money to that school. If right. he could. So, I mean, he talks glowingly about that school. So, for you to see him there, I mean, did you even, like, did you even get a chance to talk to him? Nah, I didn't because, we, you know, we're on the sidelines. So, and he's, you know, they basically, uh, I don't know if they were retiring his jersey. I don't know what, what happened, but they were honoring him in some way. So, um, I didn't, you know, we didn't get a chance to, you know, talk or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing him, you know, walk the track and, I, you know, I, I recognize this guy. He's, you know, from a small school, even smaller than Bethune Cookman. Exactly. Um, yeah. You kind of see it, and you kind of get a sense of I, you know, I, I probably can do, you know, make it to where he's been before from from my school, you know. So, um, but yeah, that, that was just an awesome experience, and you know, I, I remember that for sure. Now let's see if you remember this game. Also happened your uh, sophomore year. You made nine tackles. And a nine to seven win. Who was that against? Was that Delaware State? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Tell us I about remember, that game. I remember that game because I was very disciplined in my uh, very disciplined in my run game responsibilities. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, like that that year was big for me, understanding how to play outside linebacker slash defensive end and learning what I was. And my reads and all that kind of stuff, but um, that game, yeah, I was just on point, um, you know, making tackles and being sure. And I remember that game for another reason because uh, I think we we won that game. I had a real good game, and I think our D coordinator at the time was he was upset at us for something, and then he he got on me. Was like, Brian, you had one good game. You had one good game. So I remember that. Because uh, he was kind of chewing me out, but he kept saying you had one good game, and uh, and I don't even know what he was chewing us out about. But uh, I remember that game for that reason, and 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 it's always funny to talk about amongst my uh, former teammates. <laughs> now tell us about this year. It looks like your following year, your junior year, you started yep. ten out of twelve games, and you had an even better year. You compiled yep. fifty seven tackles. Six and I'm half trying to figure out. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what what two games I didn't start that year. I, that's that's the wild part to me. I'm still no. I got to look at the status, the stat the stat guy whoever whoever wrote. I got to look at that. That's one hell of a year, though. 
That's like your best college year that I'm reading. What, 2010? Yeah, what do you remember that year? You had 57 uh, tackles that year, more than what you had in any yeah, of seasons. Wait, wait, till you, wait till you get up, wait till you read 2011. That would be even better. Okay, well, never mind. I see it now. Yes, I yeah, see it now. 2010, that, that year, though, uh, that's when we year. had a coaching yep. We had a coaching change, and Brian Jenkins came through, and he changed the scheme up. So I was able to play a little more fast, a little more free. Uh, under um, Charles Yogi Jones and Brian Jenkins. So, um, yeah, that year right there was fun, man. I, I ain't going to lie. Our offense putting up big numbers, so we was able to go out there and hunt a lot of those games. And um, But that year, yeah, I kind of put myself on the map as far as all right, I might have a chance at this NFL stuff if I keep this up. You know what I'm saying? I, and, um yeah, really, yeah, that, that year was a stepping stone. I mean, if you look at the stats each year, they got better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stats, I had to scroll everything. down a little bit. Now I've, and yep. now that you said that, I finally saw it. Yeah, as soon as you yep. said that, I scrolled down, and there it was. <laughs> Your yep. senior yep. year was the better year. And the thing is, I think, you know, we left some – I got to look at the tape, but I think we left some numbers on the field because one game, I, I really remember me having three sacks against uh, Howard. So that's three sacks that's not counted for in, uh, <laughs> on my sack total in my career. <laughs> well, you know, it's neither here nor there, though. So in 2012, after your senior year, um, tell us how this process went. Obviously, you says you went undrafted by the mm-hmm. Jaguars that year. Did you ever yep. get scouted to be drafted? Who or what? Take us through that process and. Why? Why? Uh, why ultimately? What were teams saying, and why you weren't drafted? Oh yeah, did I? Um, so the end of my 2011 campaign at Cookman, I was defensive player of the year. Um, got all kind of national attention, and and uh, you know um, the start of that, you know, I, you know, I see scouts coming in and out, um, and agents, you know, wanting to sign me as soon as my season was over. So I kind of started feeling it then towards the end of the season but um mm-hmm. 2012 yeah i mean um it was it was fun I, i'm not gonna lie to be get to get random calls from random numbers uh you answer it and it's you know the broncos or the jaguars or the car you know what i'm saying just just the the thought of them hearing about me and you know wanting to inquire about me and ask questions and and, uh, you know, review film and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was super cool, man. And um, But ultimately, it came down to Jacksonville because Jacksonville, uh, not only were they just an hour away from Daytona Beach where I went to school, but right. I, I, I talked with them almost every day. They did a good job of really courting me, I guess, if you, if you want to say. Um, they ran my pro day. The defensive line coach that was there at the time, Joe Cullen, and Paul Spicer, mm-hmm. uh, they could they conducted my pro day, um, and I used to talk to them every other day. Um, so we had a relationship going into my pro day, and we had a relationship afterwards. Um, so for me, you know, I thought that would be the team to draft me. Uh, even during the draft, I got a call saying, "We're going to take this person here. We're going to take you." Um, and, you know, and I'm guessing they do that a lot, you know. Um, so you know, it just didn't end up happening. Mm-hmm. And around sixth, seventh round. That's when I started getting calls from everybody. Uh, the Jags call and make sure, you know, uh, hey, you know, we want you. We want you on the priority free agent stuff. So that's around the sixth, seventh round. That's what a lot of teams call you for. You know, I'm thinking it's going to be the call to get drafted. Right. You know, I, I want to see my name 
you know, gonna press the little ticker, you know, at the bottom of the screen. Like, hey, this guy's drafted, but it didn't work out that way. So I, you kind of get to choose where you want to go if you're not drafted, you know. Um, so it became, it came. It became, it became like a mad dash with the phones. I'm talking to one team, handing it off to my mom. They're calling my mom. Mm. You know, about, I'm on the phone with one team. Another team's calling. So it became, you know, uh, you know, uh, it came down to the Jaguars and the Cardinals, ultimately. You know, the Panthers were in the running, too. Mm. Uh, but they weren't offering me enough for my side of it. So we kind of we had to negotiate our stuff on the go right then and there. Um, but it came down to Arizona and Jacksonville, and they both were offering uh, the same signing bonus, which was about twenty grand. You know, and as a broke college student, you know, I just wanted to get a car. <laughs> right, so right, that's all. Right. I, that's all I was concerned about was getting a car. Right. So um, ultimately, Jacksonville won out because of the familiar, familiar that familiar. I'm probably butcher that word because I was familiar with them, um, and and we had a relationship, and you know. Um, and it was close to home. You know, my family could just go three hours up the road and see me play. I'm an hour away from my college. Oh, yeah. You know, and I feel like I can compete for a job there. So it felt like the best situation. And it was the best situation for me. So um, the, in the end, that's what really won it out for me in Jacksonville. It was just, you know, I, I thought about all angles and, and everything worked out for me. Yeah. The, unfortunately, you didn't get to take the field except for practice squad because you were released and practice squad that year but you finally get your chance in the 2013 season against uh the houston texans and god i remember this quarterback god what where he's at now i who knows matt schaub tell us about that Uh, moment that you had against matt schaub uh, yeah, so in 2012, I spent you know, the majority of that year on the practice squad with the with the regards for three weeks. They brought me up for three weeks to put me back on practice squad. So in 13, yeah, I'm back. I'm on the practice squad again, but they moved me up. Yeah, they moved me up towards like the 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 middle or the end of the season. Yeah, and we're in Houston. You know, close game, tight game. I'm having a solid game. Um, you know, I got a couple of pressures, hits on the quarterback. Mm. Uh, but at the end, um, yeah, he throws a ball to a receiver, and he's juggling it out there. <laughs> and I just, you know, just doing what I'm coached to do, turn and run to the ball. I turn and run to the ball. He's still bobbling in it, bobbling the ball, and it bobbles in the air, and I just see it. And the, the athlete in me just stuck my hand out, and it felt like I was back. You know, on the playground again when I when I snagged the ball and just cradled it in, it's, just, it's natural. I got natural hands, man. There That's why people know it's natural hands. So um, natural soft hands. And when he did that, oh yeah, I had to take, I had to grab that because I wasn't going back on practice squad after that. So I had to make sure that um, you know I secured that ball. Hey, and, with uh, what you got in, though, I mean, they, hell, yeah. that's one hell of a that's one hell of an ending to a game, though. Come on, um, yeah, yeah, great ending. I think it might have been. I don't. I don't want to say it might have been Gus Bradley's first. Was that Gus Bradley's first win as a Jaguars head coach? It so, might have been. Yeah, it might have not. been if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Because he and had just made, taken over, yeah, that year. Yeah, and and it might have been. Um, what happened? The Jaguars. Hold on. Well, yeah, it might have been. It might have been his first win, and 
Yeah, and and and, uh, and it made like sports in the top ten, so I, I thought that was cool too. <laughs> so matter of fact, and that was my second game up because the first was, game, yes, yes, that, it was first game that year. I think I was playing against the Cardinals. Did you play? And I, yeah, I played. Yeah, I played. I got some good rushes in. I hit the quarterback, forced an incompletion, and that's when I kind of got you know my feet wet. It was like, okay, I can rush. There I can do go. this. For, yeah. You remember yeah. who the quarterback was for the Cardinals that you wanted to get a hold of? I want to say Palmer. I want to say Palmer for some reason. That's probably right. I mean, yeah, the end of his career. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Carson Palmer? Yeah. I want to say him. I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I want to say I'm him not... too. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where he ended his career was right there. So. Right there. So it might have been. Him so then the following season, 2014, you get your feet wet more. You play the entire season right. with the with the defensive line rotation. Now, uh-huh. tell us about that year. You posted 17 tackles, had six and a half sacks, two passes defended, and two forced and two recoveries. Tell us about that year and, what, and uh, how much did you learn from that year? Oh, that year is when I became... That's the year I became a pro. I kind of put everybody, not everybody on notice, but that's the year, you know, I felt like I belonged for sure. And, you know, so that year, I, you know, they found a rotation for me, found a job for me, uh, rushing at the three technique and uh, rush as, as well as rushing on the outside. Mm-hmm. But, you know, where I made my money is, where I made my bones is rushing at the three, being much quicker than those guards on the inside and using my hands and, and just being the ultimate teammate and, you know, just doing my job at a high level. So and, and I was able to, you know, not being a starter, I hadn't started a game, and be able to have six and a half sacks getting less than – Maybe twenty plays a game, you know, on defense. That was, you know, that was a, that was great. I, that's efficient. So for me, I had to be good right now. I didn't have time to warm up. I didn't have time to go in there and get a couple of plays to get my feet wet. Now I had to come in ready to go. And for me, that's just the mindset I had from being in the NF, you know, being on the practice squad and having to make the team. Just having that mentality that I got to be good right now. So. You know, when it came my opportunity, I know I had to shine and make the most of it. So, in 14, that's what I did. You know, I was able to be around the ball, make some plays, get some sacks, and, um, you know, and, you know, able to really further my career from the, for the, from that year alone. Do you remember any big plays and big moments you had from that year? Ah, man. Let me see. Big plays, big moments from that year. Uh, let's see. I had a sack on Thursday night. I, don't know, I, had, I had a few. I had a few moments that I like for real. I had a couple of sacks in Indy. Um, I had a sack in Indy on Andrew Luck where I knocked, the, I knocked the ball out of his hand and popped right in the air. It was funny. He got it right. Back. Um, what else? Uh, I don't know, man. It's just a, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles game. Where we jumped out on them like seventeen nothing the first game of the year. I really could have had three sacks that game. I left it on the table. I'm looking at that tape. Mm-hmm. And I really could have had, you know, probably nine, ten sacks that year just if I'd have wrapped up and made some tackles. <laughs> but um, from that year alone, uh, man, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of games. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what comes to mind yet. Now tell us about you got 
you, you were in two less games the following year, 2015. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, tell us about that year. That year, I saw my role. You know what I want to do. What I what I did the year before, I saw that role kind of reduce a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we added some pieces that kind of you know moved me around. Um, so that kind of hindered me a little bit. You know, I was still efficient, but I didn't have the sack turns I I should have. Um, and you know, but. You know, I still fought hard, played hard. Um, still was able to get, you know, some pressures and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, that year right there, I think I battled injury for the f- first real time, I guess. I think I missed a couple games because of my knee or something like that where I, you know. But um, other than that, you know, it was a decent year. It wasn't my best. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, after that, I think um, I went into – yeah, yeah. After that, I think that was my last year with the Jags. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because 2016, the following year, you were moved to strong side linebacker behind Dan Scuda. Yeah. And you were released to go yeah. younger. So did you know that after that year, 2015, did you honestly get a sense that your time was over there in Jacksonville? I got that sense in 2015 before it started because I think yeah. the draft. Yeah. I got they drafted um Dante Fowler. Yep. In twenty fifteen. So yep. for me, uh, me seeing him get drafted and um it's like the writers on the wall. Okay, I see what I see what's going on. Even after the year I had, you know, I'm reading reports about how I'm gonna be on the second team, blah, 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 rushing on, you know, but he ended up tearing his ACL in rookie camp. So, you know, I kind of stuck around in 2015. And then the next year, he's healthy. Dante's healthy. And they draft uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, who's still playing, yeah. A pure, a yep. pure pass rusher, son. He, and, you know, um, you know, for me, they moved, that's why they moved me to outside linebacker. And, and the thing about this is I didn't like how they did me because I signed a, tender, a second-round tender to come back. Right. Uh, well before the draft. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking I'm going to compete for a starting job at defensive end. You know what I'm saying? So I really could have, you know, they really could have let me go or let me go sign with somebody else in the offseason. Right. Go, go get a little bit of money, you know, go do all of that kind of stuff. But they held on, they held on to me um, and changed my position to outside linebacker and tried to let me compete there, which I had never played strong side linebacker. And I could see if I was pass rushing every down, that's different, but it wasn't that kind of linebacker. You get know what I'm saying? It was more so the traditional, you know, read, run, play out. You know, I didn't I haven't, I haven't done that ever. So, you know, they tried to give me a chance because they liked me. Um but ultimately, um, you know, I, it was it was it was I was doomed from the start, <laughs> to be honest. So I had no big that strong side Looking back at it, uh, now that you're retired, looking back at it, do you think it was uh, justified that uh, now that that you now that you're older and all, more wiser, and looking mm-hmm. back on it, do you think it, it was fair now about that what the Jaguars did and going younger, and or you still have somewhat of a grudge what what happened? No, I don't, they didn't give no, you a I don't have a grudge with the, I don't have a grudge with them. Uh, signing those guys because I was still fairly young myself um, when they released me. I think I was about 25, 26 um, when, they, when they let me go. 
Yeah, but I, I really, I really have a wonder why they didn't keep me. And because if I'm such, you know, I could have been an asset to Yannick Ngakwe and Dante Fowler. Are you kidding me? Like, are you that like? Why didn't y'all see what that looked like? You know what I'm saying? Like that would have looked that to me. Oh, yeah, that would look nice with me. Yeah. With me rushing at the three technique and Yann yeah. on the right, and then having Dante on the edge, and then Malik Jackson or or, or whoever I forgot who who was there at the time too. I'm tripping, but you know what I'm saying? That could have been a good combo. You know what I'm saying? So with Sin Derek, like that that could have been you had your lineup set. Oh, yeah. There's no such thing as a shortage on on pass rushers. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a special teams guy already, so I just didn't see, you know, I I was just upset about not experimenting with that and not giving that a real shot because I think that would have been lethal to some points. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, to each his own, everything happened for a reason. You know, but I'm not, you know, I wasn't, I was salty when it happened and wanted to, you know, I was in tears and, you know, just mad because, you know, I wanted to be here in Jacksonville, but, you know, but I seen Dave Caldwell a couple years later and, you know, it was, it was like nothing happened, man. It's not got no ill will towards him. Now, after you were released by the Jaguars, you get signed by Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Before I get into that tenure, I got to ask you. You obviously had talks with him. What is he like as a what is he like as a a character, a man behind the scenes? Because you obviously had to talk to him. What what is he like? Uh, Honestly, I haven't. I can't remember me talking to Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones one on one. Like you know, he he's he's the owner, but I can tell you, I've seen him a couple. You know, I've seen him a lot, but I haven't had like talks with him. I might have said hello shook his hand um but um for the most part you know we talked with i talked with um and Brian marinelli the d-line coach there mm. uh jason garrett the head coach uh rick versace was a special teams coach you know we kind of you know we'll talk in meetings and all that kind of stuff and um for the most part i haven't talked with jerry i mean and when you see jerry it's not just jerry it's just it's, it's a team of people <laughs> yeah. come, you might see his son steven yep yeah. yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's not just him. It's him, and about six other people. You know, next to him, you don't have the security with him. You know, they moving around like he should. Um, but um, for the most, but he, for the most part, he's yeah, down to earth. He was cool, and um, you know, but you can tell he, he's he lives and breathes Dallas Dallas Cowboy football, man. And that's what I got from that ultimately. Now, did you know right away, did you think in your way that you knew you were going to stay or be released? Because you ultimately got signed because, as this says, you only got mm-hmm. signed because of suspensions due to Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. did you think your time was going to be short there? Nah, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, how, I don't know what I, I don't know what I felt at the time. I knew I was going to... When I went for the workout there, I knew I was going to, you know, be on the squad because I felt like my workout went really well. And before that workout, I worked out for the Colts as well, mm-hmm. uh, which went, that went well as well. But um, I think they were looking for more so of the linebacker type. I was more of a pass rush D-line type. And they were surprised at how well I moved in space. Um, but nonetheless, um, when I got to Dallas, you know, I killed the workout, got signed the same day. Um but yeah, I thought I was gonna go in there and tear it up for real because contract year coming up, 
Um, but that year, you know, it was the year my daughter was born. Um, you know, I'm not really, I'm focused, but, you know, my mind is elsewhere because I had, a, at the time, my girl was pregnant. So, yeah. you know, I'm kind of, you know, I got released, stayed home, got to move. My mind went in the right space, and then I'm battling injury, hamstrings, yep. knees. Yep. So it's like that, that year was just where it should have been a year where I cashed in. You know, I kind of, you know, uh, you know, it just it just didn't work out for me the way I hoped it would have. You know, so and that's really just that in Dallas. You know, it was a fun experience, but ultimately it wasn't. You know, the the trip I intent intended for it to be. You know what I'm saying? I was so, about to say that, yeah, because that was probably one of your worst seasons because it was injury prone. You yeah, only, you injury only, prone. You yeah. only had three tackles and six quarterback exactly. pressures and one fumble exactly. recovery. Exactly. So it wasn't as productive as I would, would have wanted it to be. But, you know, I still ended up, I think, going to uh, Buffalo after that. You did, yep. Yep. After, you signed you know, with them battling. in March. Yep, 2017. Yep. And that whole year I'm battling, um, you know, I'm coming up, you know, have patella tendon surgery in January. So that whole year I'm rehabbing, like, I'm rehabbing in free agency, rehabbing after free agency, rehabbing all year. You know, battling through this knee, trying to get right, and I ended up having an okay year with three and a, three and a half, three sacks, I believe, in Buffalo. Um, but and that boosted my confidence because I'm like, okay, I went through that year, you know, kind of hobbling the knee, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna get ready, get right this off season, and you know, be ready to come back the second year and then earn earn a big contract. But I got released again in 20, 2018, so. How, yeah, how was playing under Sean McDermott? I see that you played under his first fun, year. Man. You played under fun. his first year. I enjoyed it. I really did because the culture they built there. I mean, you can see it now. <laughs> you see the culture now where they're winning games and they got a quarterback. And it's just and the, the city is great. But playing under McDermott from day one, it was playoff caliber. That's all we preached. Should be playoff caliber. Everything we did was like we were preparing for the playoffs. So that's what we did. We ended up breaking the 17 year long streak of not going to the playoffs that year. Um, and that was just a magical season, season full of ups and downs. Um, we had ups and downs at quarterback and, you know, trying to keep the locker room together. And it's like, you know, first year coach. Making big changes. I think that year we got rid of Sammy Watkins. And, yep. Cornerback. Uh, I forget. I forget the cornerback's name. I think you had Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback. Yep. Tyrod Taylor's our starter. Uh, I think we got rid of Darby, Marcel, Darius, and the they ended up cutting ties with him. I think at one point. Yep. Um. Yep. Hey. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, though, we got it all done as a team. Um, blue collar guys. I mean, I always felt like we were blue collar. We matched the identity of the city of Buffalo that year, and we got it done. So, was he a defensive minded coach? Huh? Was he a defensive minded coach, Sean McDermott? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely a defensive minded coach. Um, yeah, he'd always peek his head in there and give his two cents. Oh, so, you know, of course. And we had um. Leslie Frazier as our D coordinator at the time, so he's yeah. still there. He's still there. I mean, you see, he's doing a good job. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd stick with what works. I mean, yeah, because he's due for a head coaching job. But shoot, you better keep paying Leslie so y'all can keep that success right. going. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he's a defensive minded coach, and that's a defensive minded team to me. 
Um, if you look at how they're constructed, you know, um, all they needed was some pieces on offense, and we knew they were going to have success. So, I mean, you see what it's, you see what it turned into now. So, what was always the, process over there. What was it like playing for the um, the most? I I want to say rowdy. Yeah, it's got to be. Sorry, there's uh, obviously there's rowdy fan bases, but come on. I was talking about yeah, Bills Mafia. Man. Yeah, what was it like probably, playing in front of Bills Mafia? Come on, that honest. was probably the, the best fan experience I've had outside of Jacksonville and Dallas. But I think the Bills fans are top notch. They're probably the top fans in the league. I mean, because they travel well. I mean, they treat you well. Wherever you go, they're gonna you know make sure you're good. Buy your might buy your drink. Might make <laughs> some wings. Uh, and then you know they're gonna party. They're gonna. Um, had the white tables out, and they're gonna, you know, <laughs> they're oh, yeah. gonna smash people through them. You know, they're gonna have a good time. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really like the fans in Buffalo. Did after you... we made the, after we made the playoffs and landed back in Buffalo from Miami uh-huh. to see all the love right there on the airport, uh, the freezing cold. I don't know how cold it was. It was freezing, and they just out there, just turned up. I mean, that was that was beautiful to see. It was real beautiful to see, man. So they're dedicated. Did you ever and join I, in it? Did you ever join in on the fun? Oh yeah, I definitely did. I I didn't I didn't you know uh, get smashed through a table or nothing. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course not. But hey, who wants to get smashed through a table? Come on. Right. <laughs> I might if I go to a game one of these days. If they invite me up or have some kind of alumni function like that. I might try to do that at, at, at um if if I don't get smashed through a table, if they let me smash somebody through a table, that'll be fun. There you go. There you go. So I yeah. I also see at the end of your playing career you got to play in the CFL. Now tell us how much of a difference is that experience compared to playing in the NFL? Is it any so with difference? That, I didn't even I didn't actually play in there. Uh, I signed a contract to go to Toronto to play in the in the CFL, but ultimately I decided to opt out because of COVID. Ah, okay. I got yeah, you. I, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even, you know, want to waste their time with, um, you know, uh, going up there and adjusting and all that kind of stuff. But I, they just won the Great Cup, so hats off to them. You they think it would have like, been different though, playing compared to the NFL? Or oh yeah, it would have. Oh, for sure. It's more. It's a lot more running in the CFL. It's not real. You know, it's a lot more running. The field is bigger, wider. Um, uh, I think you get less downs. I think it's like three downs. I think something like that, yeah. But um, yeah, it, it would have been a little different, but not a real big change. But it would have been some nuances in there that would have, you know, I would have picked up on for sure. Now, obviously, you're retired now, but yep. honestly, in your heart yep. of hearts, if mm-hmm. a team if a team offered you a contract today, would you mm-hmm. go out and try out to make the team? Oh, I'd try out for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, now, how well that tryout goes is on me. <laughs> like they want to get me twenty pounds overweight, <laughs> like got the dad bar going on. Sure, fine, yeah. I, but I give you. I can give a team a pass rush on third down. That's about it. I'm not playing every down. I can't do it. Nope. That's what mostly teams look for anyhow. Is to stop on hey, third down. Uh, situational. I got you. I can play. I can play myself into shape. And pra- I'll get into shape, proper shape, you know, with practice and all that kind of stuff. But um, I still got a little bit of the moves, you know. I, I think I'm more smarter 
and I don't waste as much steps anymore. I'm more tight with my hands. Um, I'm good with my feet. And that's because I have to be good with my players out there that I'm coaching here at Reigns High School. So I kind of got to be on point to kind of show them yeah. what, you know, I expect from them. Right. So um, that's the only reason. But to play a full course game, man, I'd probably go out there and get injured first few plays. <laughs> I, I feel you there. That's probably what happened. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's better you stay retired. But, hey, the, the yeah. try, why not try out, though, right? Just to right. See. If, they, just, if they call me, if they're serious. Just for shits and I giggles. Can, I'll tell them, like, look, all right, I'll do it, but <laughs> I'm going to have to cut me some slack. <laughs> so let's get into a little um, current topics. I'm sure, obviously, you still follow and you still coach it. So I got to ask you. A guy who, I can't say, well, yeah, he is. I guess you consider him a defensive end. Let's talk about Aaron Donald. What do you think of him? Um, do you think his career will define him as what it was before he won the Super Bowl? Or do you think he's a certified, indeed now, a Hall of Famer? Oh, he's certified. He's been certified, um before the Super Bowl to me. I mean, he, the, I mean, we look at his numbers every year, his, like, accolades every year. He's been solidified for some years. It, it's not even close mm-hmm. to me. I mean, I just, what, defensive player of the year and Pro Bowls, first team all pros, and come on, you got to give it to him. You got to give it to him. And now to add the Super Bowl to his resume, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's solidified. It's, He's one of the greatest of all time, and he's in the discussion of best defensive player of all time. He's a, he, I, I believe so. As a six foot, two hundred eighty five pound defensive tackle, to beat guys routinely, and they know he's gonna, they know what's coming, and, and you can't stop teams. it. Yep, always get. Yeah, so it, like this, this domination to me to be in that conversation for the goat or whatnot domination, you have to, you have to check the box. You get, you gotta. Your opponents gotta know what you about to do and still can't stop it. That's that's what that's that's what domination is. And to me, that's what Aaron Donald is. He's in that convo with LT, I believe, Reggie White. You know, and when it's all said and done, I mean the numbers are gonna line up. I mean he's already he's already at hundred sacks in what, eight nine was eight, nine seasons? Yeah. At a hundred sacks as an interior lineman. Like make it make sense. That that doesn't happen and um for me, you know, Warren Sapp was the the best D tackle all time um, with, with with John Randall, but I think Aaron Donald passed him, um, and you know, and he's on he's in that convo for you know the best defensive player all time. Now yeah, let's talk. Sure. Let's talk about another guy that honestly played like the position you did. Mm-hmm. And, well, no, can play position like uh, like you did, but is mainly a linebacker. He plays for the so-called America's team that you played for, Micah, Micah Parsons. Parsons. Yep. Mm-hmm. How far do you think his career can go? And do you think, honestly, he'll live up to what everybody's hyping up to be? I hate. I honestly feel bad for him because mm-hmm. everybody's hyping him up right now to be LT. Right. But right. that's a long way to go. People need to realize yeah. that he's only two years. He's only two years into his career. Right. I, I that, feel bad for him, but and he's handling yeah. it well. But what do you think? Do you think he can honestly live up to that hype? 
I'm gonna say this: the the, the sky. I ain't gonna say the sky's the limit. I think he can, on account that. I don't think he cares about what the other people are setting like on him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like the outside noise affects him. Like, he, he understands what they're saying. But if, if, when a guy doesn't pay attention to that and still goes out and plays 100 miles an hour, he's he's better than last year. You know what I'm saying? I think he's and he's not. I don't think he's even scratched the surface of how good he can be. Right. Exactly. He's still learning. He's still learning how to rush. When I look at him, he's still learning how to rush. Right. That's, and that's wild to me because his motor's on 100. I mean, he's fast. I mean, legit 4-3 speed. I'm, and he came out the year they didn't have the combine, so yep. everybody was running 4-3s. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, they 4-3s are suspect. Everybody got a 4-3 at their pro day. Nope. His is for real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if you look at it on tape, it just he just sticks out. And he lines up anywhere and everywhere, and he makes a difference. So... I can see why people are trying to put that on him. It's a little soon, but shoot, if he, I mean, it seems like it ain't really affected him too much. I mean, he's embracing it and and running with it, and he's in the right he's in the right organization to kind of push that narrative to be in that conversation. And what's funny, cowboy. And what's funny is you wouldn't have you wouldn't have known the guy if you if you don't because he was not on on national TV a lot. He was at a school, Penn State, that wasn't right. A national house. You literally have to go out and find his games. Honestly, I yep. didn't know who he was. I never saw a, a Penn State game. So I, didn't I, know who I, he I hadn't watched him. Yeah. I mean, that's why. That's why I give a, a lot of credit to these scouts, man. They they do their job and they do it to a team. And they don't. I mean, a lot of them miss, but a lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did not miss with this guy. He's the real deal, and he's even better. So I, I'd like to. I know the scout that, you know, uh, discovered him, and <laughs> he's got to be – he probably got a promotion somewhere <laughs> right now. You think if he stays with Dan Quinn, he can, or do you think if changing defensive coaches will affect him? Because Dan Quinn's a good-minded – he's got that defense rolling again like he did when he had uh, Seattle's defense. So he's well, got that defense. It, like, that's good, but in the same breath, I think Micah is his own – his own entity, man. I think whatever defense he goes to, he's going to make a difference because he can play at depth and be effective, and he can play on the edge and be effective, and he's proven that. So wherever you line him up, he's going to make he's going to make he's going to make his presence felt, and you're going to know you know uh, number eleven is coming. So that's the dangerous part about him. You can line him up anywhere; he'll make plays covering guys. <laughs> you get yeah. what I'm saying? He's one of those guys that's just a ball player, man, and you love to have on your team. So they better – all I know is after after next year, they got to back their Brinks truck up to him. <laughs> now I got to ask you about, like, uh, since we just talked a little bit about Bills Mafia and the Bills since you played with them, I got to ask you, what's going on with the Bills? I know the sky is high for them, and mm-hmm. – They've had those clunkers. Josh Allen hasn't been the same since the early MVP. What's right. going on over there with with them? Can they fix? Can they fix what's been going on over there? They've I I think what lost their last two out of three games or yeah, something. And that's the thing. It's tough. They're battling injuries, which you know you're gonna have to do. Everybody does, but I mean that division is tough. 
Look, if you look at it, I think everybody has a winning record. record. Yep. Right. Yep. And the, who's at the top of that? The Dolphins. The Dolphins, Dolphins at the top. Yep. And the Jets are playing lights out on defense. Yep. I mean, they are just playing lights out. So. Yep. Yeah, they got their work cut out for them. You know, they started off hot. You know, of course, that's what that's what that's what a lot of teams do. Offenses come out hot because you know, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of defenses ain't drawn up to stop you yet. But you know, the the, the, the good guys are gonna come out. But now it's like, okay, everybody sees the game plan. Now everybody's, you know, you are who you are. So now teams are, you know, really. Uh, what a, I got to ask you, too, your team you didn't play with, but you were on a practice squad. They released you. Your last team in 2018, the Rams. Now, right. I I saw an amazing stat. I, don't, I mean, this is amazing to me. They're the only Super Bowl defending team to have this worse of a record in NFL history, yeah. what I I know it's injuries and every team goes through that. Mm. But what in the what in the heck is going on over there? I mean, you had McVeigh, this guy, young guy who's dynamic, right. helped the team win the Super Bowl. What is going on over there? Because every team you can't say injuries, you can't use that as an excuse. Every team goes through that, right. and I know they're battered. Every team is at this time. What mm. in the world is wrong with? The Rams. Well, on top of the injuries, I think their O line is, is is weak. Um, I don't know what it is. I feel like, I mean, I feel like teams have um have adapted to what Big Bay is doing, and they don't have enough uh, weapons on the outside per se. I think I think they should have kept uh, Robert Woods. To me, I feel like that was. Yes. Uh, Yes. That was wasn't the right move to kind of do. He's in the offense, knows the offense, um, but you know he tore you know tore his knee up, and now a a Rob is hurt now. You know what I'm saying? And a Rob is more of a up top type of guy. He wasn't you know, doing throw, good though this year. Yeah, the throw. Yeah, I think I feel like he wasn't even featured enough. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he should have been featured enough, and I think that's where OBJ would have fit perfectly. You know, like he did. You know, coming in when he came in last year. Yeah. Um, or if he was healthy, I think OBJ would have been the perfect answer for this offense to kind of spread it out and open and, and get it going. And I feel like um, their run game hasn't been what it was either. Um, no, it's been some uncertainty been with Acres. Yeah, it's been un- uncertainty with Acres and they released Henderson. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what, what's going on over there? So um, it's, it's just a lot of holes on offense. And then, um, and the defense can't be on the field all day, and they're gonna, you know, just not make plays. You know what I'm saying? So it it all comes, it all boils down to that injuries and scheme. I mean, that's 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 what it boils down to. So I think they should take this year, learn experience, get healthy, and um, go and get um, you know some more playmakers on offense. I think that's what they need. And I feel bad for this, but what it what in the blue? hell is going on with the Denver Broncos? That defense can win games, clearly. They're holding teams under 20 points a game, but freaking Russell Wilson can't even give them 10 a game. They're the worst scoring offensive team. Their red zone is dead last. Their turnover margin is horrible on the offense. It's ridiculous. What's going on over there? And they uh, have the offensive weapons. 
They just don't. The, the trigger man ain't right. You know, I don't know if it's the scheme. I, you know what? I, the Seahawks do something. You know what I'm saying? That's why they want to part ways uh, with Russ. And a lot of Russ's plays, he makes he makes plays when the plays break down. Then that's where he became special. Um, you know, obviously he has some throws. He has some years where he's good, but this year uh, he's just I don't know he's just, I don't know if his focus ain't right um, his mind is elsewhere it's just not clicking this year for us so um, and you know and guys are getting guys are having short patience with him at this point because now you're making a quarter of a billion dollars you know and, and that's pressure whether you believe it or not you know you get that much money People are expecting a lot from you. You're supposed to be the set franchise savior, so I don't know if that's getting to them. And now that you're losing, now your confidence is shot. You know what I'm saying? Russ ain't going to come out and say that, but I kind of sense it. You can kind of see it, that his confidence is shot. He doesn't have the locker room. He doesn't have the respect of his teammates. You also think it's what his his former teammates have come out and said is true about him, that he's gone way to Hollywood now? You think that that could be playing it? I think you can believe it. I mean, you know, because, I mean, it's reflective in his play right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I like to tell Russ, you got to keep the main, you know, I'm I'm nobody, right? <laughs> but you got to keep the main thing the main thing. If, if we know you for football, football's got to be the main thing. Football's what, that's what affords you other opportunities. So if, you, if you're Hollywood, don't forget that you're a quarterback. You're, you're a football player first. Yeah. All the other stuff comes secondary. Just like Kevin Hart. He makes all these movies and stuff, right? But he's still a comedian at the end of the day. He still needs to get up on that stage and tell us, you know, uh, how he felt. You know, give us a special. Like, stand in front of the room at a local bar and just get some jokes off. That's who you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, for, for me, I like to tell him that. Like, that's... That's what you are, man. You're a QB. I don't know what happened, and you know, and a lot of a lot of us don't care what happened. We just want results. And in the NFL, it's a results business. Yeah. So, I mean, they pay you a lot of money to do that. They're gonna you're, you're gonna have grace just because of the money they paid you. You're gonna have another year or two because they don't want to <laughs> throw out their investment that quick. You know what I'm saying? So the best thing to do is to, you know just get in that lab and go to work and. Hopefully next season, you know, have different results, but, you know, we'll see. Now, two more teams I'll ask you about, and then I have two more questions, and we'll end it off there. The first team is um, the Packers. What do you think the Packers need to do with Aaron Rodgers? Do you think they need to switch (laughs) to Jordan Love? Because that defense can still win. I know there's injuries, but they still have a good defense. Do you, think, do you think they just need to switch to see what Jordan Love has? Uh, to be honest, Aaron Rodgers is their best bet. <laughs> I just don't I, don't. I don't see it yet with Jordan Love. Um, maybe because I ain't seen him enough. But you know, I think they have they have a target emerging in uh, Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's starting to come on strong now. Yep. Uh, I think their run defense can be better. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, it's been, it's been a weird, it's just been a weird year. Like the guys is getting paid, you know, the big money in the off season are, they're, they're not like yeah. themselves right now. I don't know what's yeah. up. 
Yeah. That's wild. So I don't know what it is, man. If it's mental or losing his losing Devonte or I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. It's just it's just not looking the same. Um, and only they, they know only they know internally what was going on. So I think Aaron Rodgers is. Um, I don't know. He might. I don't know where his head is. I don't know. You, and ultimately, last team, the 49ers. Do you think this is the final year for Jimmy G? And how far do you think it'll take him? Hmm. I don't think this is the final year for Jimmy G, man. I think they're going to re-up, re-up him. Because, you know, Trey Lance, you know, with that brutal ankle break, um, I think they're going to bring him back. What what what, what is, What's the 49ers record? Are they doing okay? Yeah, they're, they okay? they're hot right now. They've won, like, Three or four in a row, and they're like seven and I think seven and five or something like that. Oh, seven and four, uh, eight okay. and four, or something like that. I think Jimmy G stays, man, because don't no matter how hard you try to get rid of him, he sticks around, man. He sticks around, and he, and he know he's going. He's done a solid job. People forget, man. He got him to the Super Bowl, man. Twice. That's all. Yeah. So that's all he needs to do. Like, you know, just just go in there and, and do his thing like that. So a lot of people, um, you know, he's not going to wow you on the stat sheet every week. But he doesn't need to. All right. Let's, let's get that out of our heads that he's going to be the guy to throw for 350 and three touchdowns every week. That's not going to happen. As long as he can go in there and make his plays, we're going to need him to win a couple of games, of course, every year. But yeah. manage the game and let the defense kind of – Eat and you know feast. You know, just get the ball into your playmakers' hands. You'll be fine, man. Get it to Debo, CMC, and Brandon and Kittle, and you got a, a stellar left tackle. I mean, yeah, you just get it. Just just manage the game. Make your plays when you need to. Don't make silly turnovers. Um, and that's the recipe. Let, you know, let the defense go to work. So I think Jimmy G is in. He's in the. I think he's in the ideal situation. You know, because either now. Like, you got to do something with him or pay him to come back. <laughs> and, like, father like son, Shanahan's going to be just like his daddy, if not better. He's still yep. young. Yep. So, I mean, Shanahan's there to stay. I don't see him ever changing teams. No, I yeah. Really I don't see him. No. Right, yeah. no. So, the first question is, um, out of the two, and then we'll hang it up for tonight. The first okay. one is, Give me your top ten greatest of all time defensive ends where you played, Ooh. and why? Why are they? You think? Why do you think they're your top ten? Top ten defensive ends. Yes, your position, which was defensive end. I know it changes all. <laughs> it changes because they play everywhere now. But Ooh, man, this man, I should have wrote this down. Beforehand, uh, <laughs> top ten. Let's go, Simeon Rice. Uh, you know he's, he played in Tampa. He's just a great speed edge rusher. I like Simeon I like Rice. That one. That's a good one. Um, who's that number? Let's go, with 10, Simeon Rice. Number nine. Uh, who's another great? Oh, I go with uh, Jared Allen. There you I go. Lo- yep. I love Minnesota. Minnesota. Yep. Minnesota. Minnesota. I love watching him. And how he, I love the sacks on the too. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Wow, um, that was ten nine eight. I know I'm gonna forget somebody at the end of this list, but it's okay. We'll go. We'll insert them somewhere else. Uh, eight, <laughs> ten, uh, eight. Uh, let's see. Um, 
pass versus turn in is guys. Uh, we'll go. Um, we'll go Michael Strahan. Okay. Go Michael Strahan. He probably should be a little up a little higher. But you know that's what's coming to mind right now. Before and I don't want to list them ahead of. I don't mind like him that. being seven. I think he could be seven. Well, that was eight. I thought it was eight. Oh no, no, yeah, you're seven. right. That was eight. Yeah, never mind. You're right. Michael Springhead, of course. Um, another guy that I enjoy. Um, you know, watching. Um, uh, eight. This is number seven now. Seven would be. Let's go with um Ryan. Ryan, be quiet. Let's go with uh Robert Mathis. Oh, okay. That's a that's a wild card. I would have never thought of him. I yeah, Robert Mathis, a uh, smaller guy, speedy guy. Colts. I love watching him. I love watching him, man. Uh, and he probably should be a little higher on my list. Um, let's see what number six. Um, so number six. Let's go. I'm trying to think of all the pass rushes uh, all the time. Who, uh... hmm, let's go. Uh... Let's switch Robert Mathis with OC Human Human Euro. Okay. Let's switch those guys. I forgot about him. I forgot. I have Mathis at six and then the OC at seven, but OC was a dog, man. Yeah, he was. I, I, I loved watching his game. Him and Strahan together. Whew. Yeah, and I and I probably put uh, I probably put OC. I'm just name ten guys. I'm not even going to worry about the, <laughs> the no, order. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Uh, who else? My favorite pass rushers. My top guys. Also, um, you got to throw Bruce Smith in there. Right. Yep. All time sack leader. Like, Buffalo Bill. Job. Yep. Buffalo Bill. All right. So number five, uh, edge rushers. Uh, let's go with. Oh man. Number five. Oh, it's tough. Because I got some guys for you. So number five all time. That would probably be... Who I like? Oh, uh, Derek Thomas. Rest in peace. Chiefs? Chiefs? Yep, for the Chiefs. Derek Thomas. Uh, I didn't think he died. When did he die? He died a while ago. Like, in the 90s. Yeah, he died a while ago. Really? I thought yeah. he was still alive. For I don't know why I thought he was still alive. Okay, yeah. that's a good one, though. I remember he, him. He was the, so that's number five. Number eight, he probably should be a little higher. So number four, I got. So number four, I'll go uh, for my list. I'll go Dwight Freeney. Can't forget about him. him. Yeah. Yep. Can't forget about Dwight Freeney. Can't forget about him. Yep. A devastating spin move. Beast. You knew the spin was coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do nothing. He mastered that move. Mastered it. He mastered it. Um, number three. Man, this this is tough because I don't even know. I know I know my first two. But I'm trying to think of number three if that makes sense. Um, if anything, uh, if anything, I'd move. I'm trying to get some names off. I'm trying to remember some names off the top. Uh, it don't matter. I, I'm gonna just name the last two because I know I'm gonna forget somebody and be like, "Oh, oh yeah." <laughs> but, uh, but, but I'm gonna do. Uh, so but yeah, I'm gonna just do the last two because I'm. Uh, but. One I'm gonna go 
But he's not on the edge. He's not a defensive end. That's what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get the edge. Oh, okay, I, I, I could have named him. I could have named um, Aaron Donald, but they're not on the edge as much. That's as true. These. That's true. Um, John, I think John Randall would have been named too, but um, I don't think he played on the edge as much. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he did either. Well, um, yeah, who else? Who's I'm going to name? Uh, I'm just going to the other two. My top two uh, would it be, and it's a, it's, it really goes back and forth for me. But what right about now, J- what about JJ Watt in his prime? Prime JJ was a, a menace. You hear me? He was nothing to be messed with. You know what? I put JJ Watt in my defensive. I would put him in there. I would put him in there. So I probably move JJ to my. I probably moved JJ to my top five there, and then move Freeney to number three there. Okay. Yeah, because he was good in his prime. Right? Oh, for sure. I seen that up close because he was in our division. So I moved JJ yeah, to you five. Did. You Freeney saw him up close and personal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. JJ was cold, and um, so I moved. So my last two would be Von Miller would be yep, at number yep, two. Yep. Okay. I love Von Miller. His yep. game, his, he's just so bendy and strong and fast. I mean, that's the mold. That's 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 the that's what you that's what edge rushers should. Everywhere he's gone, look at where everywhere he's gone so far. The two teams he's turned around those defenses. Seriously, the Rams last year, and now look what he's done to the Bills. Yeah, just he just he just produces, man. And my number one guy would be Reggie White. Yep, yep. I was yeah. I would have said yep. I would I I would have to agree with you on that one. Yes. Yes. Um, I I would list LT. Um, but he was a know, linebacker mainly, though he wasn't he was, outside like he, he was, you yeah. know. And he or so he just gonna destroy you. He just gonna get after. Um, and I, I remember watching a little more of Reggie White uh, than LT, I believe. Um, and especially when he was uh, with the Packers those days. So, but um, but going back and looking at tapes of Reggie White, see how dominant he was. Oh yeah. Oh. It's amazing, man. And I think, um, I just think, I, I, you know, to me, he, he has the highest honor to me of being, you know, the greatest defensive player, along with, um, you know, uh, Aaron Donald and LT and all those guys. You know, I think um, Reggie White is number one for me. I don't, I, I couldn't agree more with your list. I like your list. Is that, that, hell, if you had an all star roster of defensive guys, that would be it. Yeah, even though they're in only that position, still right. that's an all-star lineup right there. Mm-hmm. How many defensive? How many defensive player of the years? You know, all-star games, whatever. You know, Super Bowl champs, right there in that list. Exactly. Can't go wrong with that list. So now. The last question before we end it off for tonight, I got to ask you because I ask everybody else this. Uh, I I know you're coaching, so this works well for you. This question works well for you. For any kid that wants to get into the sport that you're teaching, football, what do you tell them to get to where you got to? And what do you, what do you tell them... Uh, how do you prepare them for it? Shall shall I say it's a two part question? Well, you get to the, you get to the, the the pro level by 
listening, being coachable. Uh, that's number one because a lot of guys are going to be fast. They're going to run fast, jump high. You know, they're going to be stronger than you. But you got to be coachable to know what you got to do, when you got to do it, and you got to do it at a high level. So you have to be a technician. You got to master your craft. So start in high school. Start in middle school. Start, you know, developing a routine. Uh, start lifting weights. You know, be on schedule or something. Be committed. You know, um, don't, you know, stay out of trouble. I think you limit yourself when you get in trouble. And, and you know, you get a label on you early. You don't want that. So kind of stay out of trouble if you can and, and hit the books. Don't get behind on your books. Just give yourself that chance to, you know, have, give, give yourself some room to you know, kind of blossom. You don't want to cap yourself in ninth grade and now you're behind the eight ball and now you got to work extra hard and try to catch up to everybody else. So kind of be on top of your books and then uh, when it's time to practice, practice hard and listen to your coaches and do what you got to do there. Um, and I think that will afford you the opportunity to go to college and get to college you know, um, then you really got to be a technician because all everybody's good in college. You got to work on your craft and stay do the extra hours. Um, so you got to you got to dedicate yourself and you know do all of that kind of stuff. So, and then you just got to make plays in the game when your name is called. Just be that guy. You know, don't sit around and wait for guys to make the plays. You go make them. You know, it's it's been a lot, it's a lot of good athletes at home that are at home because they think, you know, it's politics when in, re in reality they haven't made enough plays. So right. when your name is called and it's time to perform, when those lights come on, you know, the moment can't be too big for you. You got to show out, man, just make anyone do your thing. So, um, you know, that's kind of how you want get to get to your spot. You know, just stay dedicated, man. Like I said, develop a routine. Um uh, listen, always listen. You 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 never know as much as you think you know, right? And you could always use more information. And, uh, and when information comes, um, you kind of know. You know, you look like a genius if you know what plays are gonna come. You play faster, so you're gonna look like you know what you're doing out there. So um, just study, uh, be prepared. Um, and just, you know, be ready for whatever that comes your way and you'll know how to respond. I could have said any better. Well, I thank you, Mr. Davis, for your time. It was fun. I hope you had a blast. Definitely did, man. Appreciate you having fun. me. It was no problem. Anytime it was fun talking ball with you. Um, mm -hmm. I will send you once I'm done with the episode, I'll send it to you. Feel free to share it. Um, if you know anybody, still talk to any former players, send them my way. I'm okay. always looking for more interviews. So if you know anybody else, send them my way. I will gladly accept it. <laughs> and, other than, and other than that, I'll let you get back to your kids. Have fun with them. All they're, right. they're a joy. You know that, as we talked about. Yep. All right, my man. I appreciate you, my man. No problem. Enjoy. You have a good night. All right, All right, buddy. All right you too. Take care. All right. All right. Bye. All right. All right, everybody, this concludes episode number 106. Again, I'd like to thank Podcast One for giving me this opportunity to share the uh, podcasting experience and to betonline.net. So if you want to bet on NHL going on right now, World Cup's going on, 
That's your number one site to go bet. If you want to waste your money, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it because I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't win. But hey, if you're if you're good at gambling, then go ahead and do it. You might you might win a lot. You never know. But it's a good gambling website. I've seen the ratings on it. So go out there and bet on your games that you choose to bet on. And there's a lot going on right now that you can bet. Between NHL, NBA, World Cup, NFL going strong. I mean, you name it out there. UFC, go out there and bet, and you might win something. But thank you, Bet Online, also, for, um, and use the promo code PODCAST1 to get started there if you want. So I appreciate it. Thank you to you guys at Bet Online and PODCAST1. It was I appreciate this partnership. Thank you, and you guys have a good night, and take care.